everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have the final part of the interview between Ed Milette and Erwin McManus. And just so you know, it wasn't the whole entire interview. I just took four different clips from it that I thought were very powerful. So I encourage you to check it out on the link that I provide in the show notes as well as at the end of this show. So hope you enjoy the last part of Erwin McManus and Ed Milette. Two things in there. One, what do you? What would you say is? What does God want to be in my life? And what would be a first step maybe I could take if this is something that you know what that phantom pain has been awoken in me, and I'd like to find more answers to it. Well, that's a that's a very both deeply spiritual and deeply personal question. You know, because a lot of times when you start talking to people about how to connect to God, it can make them very very nervous. You know, and I I think I would start by saying this. No one can drag you to God kicking and screaming. You know, it's it's and I think that's been the mistake of not just religion, but even Christianity of trying to um, force people into a relationship with God. I always told people, I said, look, have you ever been around someone that you liked for a while, but then you really didn't like them anymore? (laughs) You know, I mean, that that's kind of like. That's, that's torment. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that you don't want to know God or don't want to be in God's presence is, I think, a misunderstanding of God. Because if I asked you the question differently, if I said, Ed, would you, would you, would you want to live forever in an environment where you were unconditionally loved? You'd go, yeah. You know? Or if I said, Ed, would you want to live in a situation where you would always know your value? You know, would you want to live for eternity where you lived free of fear and all the boundaries of your limitation were erased and now you could be fully you? Would you want to experience that? See, I I think the problem is that God's name has been connected to all the wrong characteristics. And I, I tell people, look, when I use the word God, I'm describing my search for God. When uh, it's, it's like me looking for God. When I use the name Jesus, I'm describing God's search for me. And so for a long time, I could only use the word God because it senses I could only see the back of God's head. But when God turned around, I realized, oh, it's Jesus. And so what I'd say to a person who's kind of open, I said the first thing is just to be open to the possibility that God is for you. And that, um, that God is not warring against you, that God is actually fighting for you and that if you've run away from religion you haven't run away from god you're actually running to god if you run away from hypocrisy and the falsehood of religion you haven't run away from god you're actually running to god because god isn't there god is in the other end of that and when you're running toward love when you're running toward compassion when you're running toward meaning when you're running toward hope you're actually running toward god you just may not know it and so what I would say is that, you know, there's a, there's a universe of words that you need to begin to identify with God. Words like love and hope. Words like compassion and mercy. Words like beauty and wonder. This reporter who was a journalist from, I think, New York Times or something came to L.A. And she's an atheist. And she said, what does it feel like to believe in God? And I thought, what a great question, you know. 
I told her, I said, have you ever been so in love that like food just tastes better and colors are brighter and aromas are richer? And I said, when you're in that kind of love, you just, you just can't wait to get up and you can't wait to, you know, to, to get with them because you, all you can do is think about them. I said, that's what it's like to, to come to know God. That's what it's like to come to know Jesus. That's what it's like to finally find an authentic faith. All of a sudden, like the aromas are richer and the colors are brighter and, and you, just, you, you, you just feel that your senses are heightened because you're so fully alive. And so first thing is you just got to believe that God's for you and that, uh, that God can outrun you because um, when you're running away from God, you're running from love. And you know what, the, when, you know, insanity is to search for love and run from God. And, and so I, I try to talk about like a line of faith because for me, I didn't get all the answers when I trusted Jesus with my life. Um, I wasn't even sure if, if it was real, to be honest with you. You know, I, I just basically said, God, if you're out there, I'm in. And Jesus, if you're real, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And so I just prayed a simple prayer. So, you know, at Mosaic, I don't go through a long, elaborate thing. I just say, Here, here's the prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. And I said, All the, there's going to be so many conversations after that. I said, you can, it, just imagine this line of faith where it takes incredible courage to say, God, I'm going to trust you to reveal yourself to me, to make yourself known, uh, to meet me where I am, and to love me in all of my brokenness. And yes, things like forgiveness are important, you know, uh, not, not because God needs to forgive us, but because we need forgiveness. <laughs> you know, because forgiveness frees us from guilt and shame. Like forgiveness feels us, it frees us from the condemnation of the past. So, you know, the reason Jesus wants to forgive us is because he doesn't want to leave us trapped in our past. You know, it's not that God is up in heaven being this judge going, you need my forgiveness or I'm going to judge you. No, God is saying, no, you need my forgiveness so I can free you. And so see forgiveness and your need for it as God's way of freeing you to your future. And then realize that God has stepped into human history for you. That he's taken on flesh and blood for you. That what it looks like when God becomes visible is Jesus. You know, if you want a kind of a metaphysical like add to this, um, we now know that mass and energy are the same. Yes. That sounds like superstition. Not that long ago that would have seemed like mythology, not right. science. But now we know math, 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 matter and energy are the same. We know this table and the light are made of the same material, which is crazy, right? So if God is light and he's moving so fast we can't see him, when God slows down to take on material, that's Jesus. So Jesus is God slowing down into time and space to walk among us so we can see him. Because, you know, if you're in a car going 120 miles an hour and you're looking at the trees, they look like a blur. But when the other car is going 120 miles an hour and now you're going 120 miles an hour, you can make eye to eye contact. So God, who is light, slowed down so that we could see him face to face. So that now we could live in that light and, uh, and, and not be trapped in all the brokenness and all the regret of the past. And so what Jesus does for me is he sets me free to be who he created me to be. I just tell people, look, it's all about trust. You don't have to have all the information about God. You got married. You did not have all the information on your wife. <laughs> right. And she did not have all the information about you. 
when a person says, I need to understand everything, you go, that's not really true because you don't understand everything about anything. That's right. What you need to decide is who can be trusted. And this guy told me the other day, we need to accept that we're gods and that I'm a God and you're a God and our ultimate job is to love ourselves unconditionally. And I looked at him and I said, how's that going? He <laughs> 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 so I know the one thing you can never do is love yourself unconditionally. See, here's the crazy thing. We're not capable of loving ourselves unconditionally. And I looked at him and said, that's why you need Jesus. He's the only one who can love you unconditionally even though you're not deserving of it. And so if you're listening, I would say, you are worthy of absolute unconditional love because God created you that way. And what God stepped into human history through Jesus to do was to create a way for you and him to reconnect. And that God's goal for you is not perfection, it's intimacy. And, you know, you and I, we, we, we finally relinquished the goal of perfection. That's right. You know, uh, but I don't ever want to relinquish the hope of intimacy. And, and that's what I would just challenge people to do. It's all about relationship. It's all about trust. Just take a moment, cross the line of faith. And, and if you're there, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. And watch how God will meet you where you are and your life will change. Amen. I cannot believe I believe, Ed. I, 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 mean, so I, I can't believe you believe. I, I, I get up on Sundays at Mosaic and I go, you understand, like, I have this skeptical, cynical mm -hmm. mind that I just can't believe I believe, but what can I do? When, when Aaron was around 11, we were driving in the car, and he said, Dad, I don't know if I'd be a Christian if I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. I said, why is that? And he goes, I have so many doubts and questions. I said, oh, doubts and questions. We all have those. And I was a little nervous, you know, what's going on. And I said, so what are you going to do? And he said, well, you know, I've met God, so I don't know what I can do. <laughs> and, and that's the way I still feel. It's like, yeah. oh, I have so many questions and so many doubts and so many uncertainties, and there's so much mystery. And, doesn't it make life better? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? yes. But, but I've had this unexplainable encounter with the creator of the universe. And I've come to know his name is Jesus. And that's as real to me as us sitting here together today. And, um, and that has been what has given me meaning and wholeness and hope. And, and that's what I hope for everyone. So do I. And by the way, as I said earlier, confidence. Yeah. It's given me confidence in my life too, in addition to the things that it's given you. And, I'm, uh, I'm so grateful for you because your vulnerability and your authenticity gives people like me. I wish I'd have met you so much, so many years ago, but I think we met at the right time. But that I don't have all the answers and I do have doubts and I do have questions from time to time. Doubts about why God doesn't handle certain things or why is someone suffering or why is this pain? But I've met him and I don't doubt that he exists and that's the beautiful part. And um, I'm so grateful for you. That was Erwin McManus, interviewed by Ed Milet, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under Is God For Me? Relationship versus Religion with Erwin McManus. And again, that's on the Ed Milet Show. You can also find out more information about Erwin at his church's website, which is mosaic.org, and you can find out more information about Ed Milet at edmilet.com. I encourage you to check them both out. And I hope that you have a fabulous day today and that you know that God is for you and that you can live a 320 life more than you can imagine. God bless.